Proverbs 11.24 reads as follows. Those who give generously receive more, but those who are stingy with what is appropriate will grow needy. I wonder if this is a lesson that has become known so much in the secular world that we often take it for granted and forget that it's one that it comes from Scripture. Um, I'm going to talk to you today about going the extra mile. And um, if we get our screens running, then we've got some pictures that I'll show you along the way, um, but we'll, we'll go without it for right now. Um, how many of you have the Chick-fil-A app on your phone? Just about everybody in here. If not, you need to get it. Uh, you know, free Chick-fil-A. I'm just saying. Um, we all know that Chick-fil-A is extremely successful. They have surpassed in profits McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway combined, and they are closed on Sundays. So we have to wonder what their secret to success is. Um, got a, a photo of, of Truett and Dan Cathy. Truett Cathy is the one who founded the business. And um, um, his son was sharing their mission statement to a packed audience in North Carolina. And he, he, he shared this, and I'm going to share some statements he made. He, their purpose is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us. Now, I think that's something every single one of us can adopt as a motto, to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us, to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And his lessons are taught to their employees. A couple of things he said is every life has a story and often our customers and our employees need a little grace and a little space when you deal with them because they are either experiencing a problem, just finished having a problem, or are about to have one. It's no wonder to me that Chick-fil-A often places themselves near hospitals when they have this attitude in mind and that they are so successful, especially um, when we're under um, duress. We want Chick-fil-A, right? I, I just want Chick-fil-A anyway, but I mean. Kathy went on to say the word restaurant means place of restoration. We think of Chick-fil-A as an oasis where people can be restored. We strive to treat people better than the place down the street. And one way we do that is by remembering we're all people with a lot of emotional things going on and that doesn't necessarily show on the surface. So we try to offer amenities and kindnesses that minister to the heart. Makes you just love Chick-fil-A even more. They go the extra mile. In this speech that he was making in North Carolina, he talked about Matthew 5, 41, which says, If anyone asks you to go one mile with them, 
Go to with them. Go the extra mile. Extreme service is what they want to give, like offering free refills. They're, they're even going to come to your table, take your cup, and fill it. You can't get that at McDonald's. You can't get that at Starbucks. And they also come and carry trays for moms with, with children. I don't know if you've ever been in there, but if there's a mom with a whole bunch of children around, they will say, let me get that for you. It's a simple step. Kathy says, if you want to make, over the make the difference, step over the line into that second mile because magical things happen there. There's joy, fun, and reward in that extra mile. My husband teaches economics, and he is teaching um, the economics of life right now to students. And one of the things that they talk about is the law of efficiency. One of the things that um, he, t he talks about this example as, as something that can sometimes go against the law of economics because it does it make sense that having more staff than you need for a fast food industry would cause you to be the most efficient or would it make more sense by the law of efficiency to go with just the bare minimum Spending more doesn't seem efficient, and yet Chick-fil-A is in the headlines. They're overstaffed. I bet that when you, how many people do you encounter when you go through a Chick-fil-A drive-through? Think about it. It's, you, it's not just the machine and then the person at the window. You probably run into three before you even get your receipt, and then another two before you get your food. So they make sure that you have personal contact. The lines are fast. I've never had to wait in the Chick-fil-A drive-through more than, say, five minutes. They will, as I already mentioned, they'll come and they'll take your drink. They'll carry your tray. They'll clean your table. They give away things like cute little stuffed cows. Who doesn't like their cute little stuffed cows? They come up to you and they'll say, Miss Maria or... Uh, Mr. Victor, Mr. Lewis, Miss Megan, whatever. They'll come up and they'll speak to you. They will come up and they will address you by name and they will tell you it is their pleasure to serve you. Not everywhere you go offers it as a pleasure to be of service. Amen? So, all of these things are lessons for us as we are determining what it is that we want to market, not just as a Christian, but as a church. Another um, highly rated service that has high expectations. Uh, well, let's see, if we, can we put up that second picture? And um, where is this? Y'all got it, Texas Roadhouse. You know it. You know their branding. It's Texas Roadhouse. What makes people keep coming back? Every time I go there, there's a long line to be seated. Well, let's just start off. There's free peanuts, free rolls. The rolls are incredible, and that honey butter they have with them is even better. 
you get to choose your steak. That prime, there's that whole thing as you go in. Choose your steak. Pick it out. We're not just going to pick one for you. You pick it. You get immediate seating. They have a rule about how quickly you need to be seated. And if you're not seated in that time frame, they get marked down by their franchise. They wear on their shirts and on their faces, I love my job. They tell you, y'all have a good night or a good day. There's TV, there's music, there's dancing, there's singing. The food is abundant. And everywhere you go in the country, you're going to get that same kind of service wherever you go. They have carried this to an art. We were talking this week um, in, a, in a meeting with our staff about different events and things that, that we might brainstorm to do, and the two things that kept coming up were food and music. So we've covered food, I think, pretty well. Y'all are probably hungry by now. I am. Um, but um, my husband is a guitar player, and one of the things that um, he notices is the quality of guitars. And he said, you know, I can, I can, I used to be able to just go to Sears and like get a guitar, but then I found out about Taylor's, he really loves Martin's, but Martin's are just like off the charts. So he like, he found out about the Taylor's and, and he was like, okay, well, what's so special about a Taylor? Somebody was telling him and um, let's put up this next picture. Y'all know who this guy is? Let's see. Anybody? Take a guess. Zach Brown, there you go. What about the next one? Y'all should get this one. Alan Jackson, Noonan Boy. And the next one, of course, she's going to have a Taylor, Taylor Swift. These are prime artists in their industry. And they use Taylor guitars for a reason. Um, they love the sound and the quality, but there's a lot more reasons than that. Um, number one, it's a lifetime warranty. Once you have a tailor, you have a tailor for life, kind of like craftsman tools. The lesson for us is that um, just like them, we can offer an unconditional, covenantal, for life relationship to someone by sharing God with them. Another, th another factor for Taylor Guitars is African Ebony for fretboards and bridges, Indian Rosewood for back and sides, as well as Maple, Tasmanian Blackwood, Sapel, I can't pronounce the words of these, these fine woods from all over the planet, Cacabalo, Koa, and many, many more. They're not fake. They're not phony. They're made of the finest qualities. And the older they get, the better they sound. The value appreciates, they have a uniqueness to them. Now, what does all this mean for us? If we are willing to be like Chick-fil-A, to give our best, to make it a pleasure to let someone know about our faith, our God, our church, our mission, they are more likely to want to know more and come back. They are more likely to seek us out. I will drive 10 miles out of the way for Chick-fil-A. My husband will be more likely to go to a music concert where the, 
quality of the instrument and that kind of thing is higher. There are things that draw us there. Um, of all of these marketing campaigns, all of these brands and businesses that I've told you about, every single one of them pours their heart into it. They go an extra mile. There's maturity in what they do and how they do it. They do it with purpose. They seek growth opportunities, and they um, find ways to better themselves every single day. And they have ambassadors who are willing to put themselves out there and give of themselves. Every day, we have an opportunity to do better. Every day, we have an opportunity to do more. We are unique. So how do we apply this to daily life? How do we um, take this on in a way that makes a difference in the world? Perhaps you might be a teacher who has a student who drives you just a little bit crazy. Does anybody who's taught in here ever know about that? No? No? I, yeah, okay, so y'all have had angels for students. Um, perhaps it's the day that that child is at breaking point and you just being patient and putting yourself on the back burner is the way to do it. Perhaps you're a business owner and you find that someone needs a little bit of grace and so you work to do work to make a business arrangement with them and it might take you longer and it might require more of you and it might require you even stay late when you have another commitment but that little bit of grace makes a difference perhaps you're a doctor who has a patient who is hurting and they can't really tell you what that hurt is. And you have to draw and dig a little bit deeper into your skill set. Whatever it is you do, you can make a difference by going an extra mile. A few years back, um, there, was a, uh, there were two teams that were playing in a um, World Series kind of... Uh, softball championship in the co at the college level and both teams had never won that championship before both went in with undefeated seasons and in the final or at bat for um, the team that was up there was a young lady who got up and she hit the ball and she was hurt and she couldn't make it around the bases and her players couldn't go touch her you might know about it, it's the Oregon softball team. The opposing team went and picked up that young lady and carried her so she could touch every base. And her run, when she touched home plate, won the game for their team. That opposing team gave up a victory. Or did they? What do we need to do who do we need to pick up? I work with the 
community housing task force. We've been working together for about a year and a half. We're going the extra mile. And we're going the extra mile so much that now we're getting transitional housing in place. We've got a new agency in town that's a Methodist agency that's coming in to set up on our campus here to help with permanent housing for people. We've got our cold weather shelter coming up. We have all kinds of opportunities and mission here at the church with food, with housing, with music. Music is healing. To offer Christ to the community. I hope that you'll find the way that you can step in and be one of those people they come into contact with as they come to seek whatever food it is their soul needs. I hope they will hear Christ in the melody of your life and that they will find that you will go the extra mile with them. God has gone that extra mile with us, and I am so grateful for that every single day. Would you join me in a prayer? Gracious God, we come before you asking your blessing on this time together, asking that you would pour out your spirit on these gifts of grain and of grape. We ask that you would remind us as we come to this table of the words of your son, of how he took bread, broke it, and gave thanks to you, reminded his disciples and as we remind ourselves today to remember him and his sacrifice for us. As he took the cup and reminded them that it was like the bread was reminiscent of his body, the blood of the new covenant was represented by the cup, and we are reminded that as we partake of it, that we are taking in grace this day. And so we stand before you, ready to receive your grace, ready to receive your love, and to go the extra mile with the next person we meet along the journey, whether that's someone in our own household or someone we meet on the street. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.